This is Paul Nobles from ePerform. I want to do this. It's going to be a little different than what we normally do with our podcast, but hopefully you guys find it interesting. It might seem odd that a guy is sitting here talking to you guys um, from the perspective of two women. It shouldn't because I have two young daughters. My house is filled with all women except for me. My mother-in-law was very influential in my life. And my grandmother was a very big deal in my life. And so my connection with the women in the Eat Form audience has been cultivated over a course of my relationships with women um, directly in my family for a long time. So this is a fictional account of an athlete that's basically preparing for the 2056 Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. She's a young lady that's going to be talking to her grandmother and what they're going to be talking about is basically the relationship with food and in theory how it changed from 2016 and what we're constantly bombarded with and hopefully the better future of 2056 as she prepares for the Olympics. So the granddaughter asks, she's slightly nervous going into tomorrow's big day. When you were younger, were you athletic? What did you do? And so the grandmother says, very much so. When I was young, I was a gymnast. Later on, I played volleyball and a bit of lacrosse. The granddaughter then speaks and says, awesome, I, I didn't know that. Did you play through college? As the grandmother speaks, she says, no, I didn't. I have to say, I'm a bit ashamed of my story I'm about to tell you, but it was a different time, very different from today. Around my junior year of high school, one of my coaches suggested that I was a bit heavy to play volleyball. I really thought it was odd because I was head and shoulders better than everyone else on the team. Even if I wasn't, her suggestion certainly wouldn't have made me better as an athlete. And then the granddaughter asked, what was her suggestion? She thought I could she thought I could lose a few pounds, and if I did, I might have a better shot at getting a college scholarship. What? Didn't she know? I know. Like I said, knowing what we know now, it's a bit embarrassing explaining this to you. I was young and impressionable, so I started eating less, and initially I did lose a little weight, but something else happened too. I started losing my athleticism. That really hurt my confidence and self-esteem. Looking back, I never really attributed to eating less, but now I, we all know what, would the, what was the big difference. I don't understand. Are you saying to me in 2016 they weren't aware that eating less and doing less impaired your metabolism? No, we knew that. It was fairly clear. Like I said, even saying this to you is embarrassing. I got caught up in a web and it just took over my life. You know I love you, Grandma, but all this seems so foreign to me. It was a completely different time. There were shows on television that shamed people that were overweight. 
The trainers on the shows would yell at the participants and put them on very restrictive diets. The advertisements for these shows spent billions of dollars getting our attention it was very enticing. I know it sounds crazy given how times have changed and how we all view food now, but I just think it was like a tsunami that took us all over and it really did a lot of damage for a lot of people. What did physically capable people eat? That's the funny thing. I'm not really sure why, but they didn't talk about it much. I think a bit, a bit of it was because of sponsorship dollars, but also they didn't want to seem elitist or something. They didn't often talk about food, and when they did, the conversation was often encompassed by the narrative less and not more. Wait a second, you're telling me the best athletes in the world hid how they ate? Not all of them. I remember Michael Phelps ate a lot and openly talked about it, but almost none of the women talked about eating an adequate amount for what they did. What? How's that even real? I just think the narrative kind of snowballed and it was like snuggling up to an abusive relationship. It's hard to explain given the way things turned around. This is crazy to me. Why didn't the athletes speak up and explain that the value of being physically capable had more than just athletic benefit? We didn't view athletics the way that you guys do now. We viewed it as a way of earning calories almost. Even when we worked out, it wasn't to thrive. It was almost always based on a less than narrative. I remember my grandmother had a conversation with me once. She was a farmer and very active, one of the strongest women I ever knew. She would tell me stories of a time where people were much more physically capable, almost the way things are now, but for some reason we lost our way for a bit. This sounds incredible, almost like an unbelievable story, really. What changed? It's sort of funny because it was very simple. It was almost as if all of us, all at once, men and women all over the world, decided to quit being less and then just start eating to perform. Obviously, this is a fictional account, and I'm trying to make the point that we're all getting caught up in this. I think oftentimes we'll look at this from the standpoint of marketers and we'll almost victimize ourselves and say, well, we are being convinced that this is the approach. But in general, marketers sort of sell you on the ideas that you already kind of want to believe. And I think in general, that's allowed this snowball effect to sort of take over. When you look at the most athletic physiques, when you look at the, the body types that people want to aspire to, at the end of the day, it really comes down to a lot of patience and a, and a lot of work, and then just gradually sort of working your way through that. I think if you're just a, a relatively new person to fitness and you're thinking to yourself well that seems so far you know I, I remember it myself it was almost like Everest for me where I didn't want to start because it seemed like the the end goal was too far away and what really worked for me was just breaking it down into pieces and as I gradually got better I gradually wanted to get better and better and better even more than that 
I remember, well, actually, I leave it in my, my fitness pal to this day. And it said 2012, I'm going to be at least 20%. And I wrote that in, I believe, 2009, 2010. Because at that point, I was already sort of clued into the fact that this was going to take a little bit of time. And so that's the thing that I would really encourage anyone listening to this that your athletic self is a gradual progress, a gradual process. And when we say, you know, athletes, we're really talking about thriving. We're talking about, you know, just becoming the best version of who you are rather than aspiring to, you know, Serena Williams or something of that nature. So I hope this helps people. It's a little different than what we normally do, but I think that, um, the message is sort of powerful that when, you know, as a, as a man with two daughters, I think we're letting our, our young women be controlled by this narrative. And yes, it does also, um, you know, appear to be the same for men as well. But it, it you know, with the clients that we work through on a daily basis, it's clearly that women are more acutely affected than men. And so I hope this sort of helps change the narrative or at least start the conversation one way or the other. Lastly, I just wanted to say, I do think that athletes have a bigger responsibility. I think athletes don't understand what their roles are in this conversation. And I feel like Mostly athletes don't want to say very much because they want to control their image. And I don't necessarily understand why they would view it being a negative to talk to people about becoming more athletic. I think that, you know, somewhat the expectation, at least for female athletes, I mean, one of the things that I've seen you know, in some of the uh, conversations from, say, Ronda Rousey, as an example, talks about how little she eats. And then there's images on Instagram about how um, much food she eats after matches and stuff like this. The focus, obviously, being going into athletic matches, how she cuts weight and things of that nature. So she puts that narrative out there. But really doesn't do a great job of putting the whole chicken wings pictures out there. And I feel like regular people need to hear the chicken wings narrative. And one of the reasons why they do is because food is going to power greater athleticism. So I hope that helps. And I hope that we're doing a pretty good job featuring athletic people and um, really putting that narrative out there and then trying to encompass, you know, many body styles. One of the things that people do say to me is you feature a lot of really athletic people and a lot of really thin people. One thing that I can say about that is when I was 230 pounds and I was just starting off, I wasn't too anxious about having videos and pictures of me out there. 
And so I think that that's a little bit of what happens. We do have a lot of clients that still have fat to use and their stories are really powerful and they're working through that narrative and we do try to get you that information. But at the end of the day, we're only able to get you what people provide us. And so we'll try and get more people to provide you that information along the way. And then um, hopefully that will you know, provide a more complete picture. I appreciate everybody listening to this. I hope this is helpful. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks.